What is up, young adults? Thanks for tuning in today. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Also, follow us at YA underscore Power Bluff. And as always, thanks for tuning in. No, y'all don't just let anybody come and share. So um, I'm excited to share tonight, guys. Um, I'm going to just go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you, Father, for everything that you're doing, Father. I love you, Lord. We declare that you are mighty. There's none like you in all the earth, Father. And I thank you for every person that is here tonight, Father. I thank you that they didn't come to hear about me, but to hear about who you are, Lord, and what you've done for us. Father, I thank you that not one person leaves out of here the same, but the remnant is rising up. We are going out to the streets of Houston to declare who you are, Father. And I thank you that we will run with the fire of God in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's, um, I'm going to start off by going to um, 2 Corinthians 5.17. And I'm going to read it um, in the Living Bible. It says, when someone becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person inside. He is not the same anymore. A new life has begun. Hallelujah. A new life has begun. If you've given your life to Jesus, we're not the same anymore. And, you know, I want to tell you that when I came to Jesus, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You are worthy. I'm going to hold it together, God. I'm not a crybaby, okay? <laughs> Just God is so good. He is trustworthy. There is no other way but to live knowing him. He will never fail you. He will never put you to shame. And he deserves all the glory. So I came here. Um, well, I've actually known Pastor Sandy and Pastor George and Pastor Jesse since I was about 14 I grew up in a small town, Palacios. There's like one stoplight that blinks, you know, red, green, and yellow. One in the whole town. It's 12 blocks. And um, I grew up in a rough family. Rough, okay? And I realize now that I'm older that they weren't normal. <laughs> and the way we grew up wasn't normal. But when you grow up and that's all you know, it's normal to you. Um, my, uh, my family, all we knew, you know, my dad was, um, was addicted to drugs, you know, for before I was even born. And um, he lived a rough life. And my mom's side of the family was more like very well respected in the town. You know, my grandparents had a restaurant. So I had like the best of both worlds. But um, my parents got divorced when I was about six years old. And I'm just going to give you a little background so you know how I even, you know, ran to the church. <laughs> um, but uh, my, uh, my parents got divorced when I was six. And, um, you know, I, I got, uh, I was abused at a really young age. When my parents divorced, my mom, you know, went with somebody else. And when, with our family, they were really into drugs. You know, they were very uh, ugly with their words to us growing up. They didn't talk normal to us. Everything was like the F word and, you know, we couldn't do anything right. And that as a child has a big effect on you. You know, whether you realize it or not, you're like, you know, as a kid, I realize now that 
it was a lot. And so, um, you know, I got, I got sexually abused when I was six years old. So it was really young. You know, um, my innocence was taken before I even knew what innocence was. And it really affected me. I mean, I really, like, I, I, I didn't like myself. I had really trouble growing up in school. As a matter of fact, I was really mean. Let's just be real. I love to fight. I was like, fight boys, girls, whatever. Like, I was very rough. I wasn't your normal girl. And, um, and I'm still a little rough, you know, but Jesus is using it for his good now. Thank you, Jesus. And so, um, you know, I grew up, I was always fighting. I was always in trouble. But, you know, I was, I was hurting inside. Um, I was looking for love in all the wrong places. All the wrong places. You know, one thing, though, I can say that I never try to do is I never try to fit in. I was like, did my own thing. You know, I just, I didn't like people. I love people now, but back, I didn't like people. I didn't like to be around a lot of people. Um, I've always kind of been like outspoken though, you know, which is kind of like, I was, I got that. I guess I got that from my, from my dad's side. You know, I was like always, you know, stated my opinion and that, that thing. Well, you know, at a really young age, I got into drugs when I was about 11 years old. You know, I look now at, 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 at my kids and um, I thank the Lord that they're so innocent. You know, when she shared her testimony, I received that from my girls because I never had that opportunity. But one thing that happens, you know, the Lord does is he purifies you. He purifies you. His presence purifies you. He, when you begin to have a relationship, when you get so drunk on this word and who God says you are, your past no longer will hold you back. The world's opinion of who you are, you, won't, you will die to their opinions because it won't matter. All that matters is knowing Jesus. And so, you know, I got into drugs at a really, really young age. And, and to me, it was normal because that's all I knew. My, my parents were addicted. You know, every, everybody was around did drugs, partying. Like, that was the life. That's all that I knew how to do. And, you know... Um, at 13 years old, you know, I, I was a cutter. Uh, I used to like, I thought, I was so bombarded by suicidal thoughts at a very young age. That's why when I see young kids and I see what's going on, like I realize we gotta rise up. We gotta rise up because people need us. People are hurting out there. It's not about us anymore. You know, it's about touching other people. When you receive Jesus, like your life is no longer yours. And, you know, so I, I, I started cutting really young. And at 13, I took a, a butcher knife and I slit my wrist, like, bad. Like, they rushed me to the hospital. They had to get stitches. Like, the scars are still really thick. And um, I realized the devil was trying to take me out at a really young age. You know, I was, like, I was, I was like, gone. I was on drugs really bad. And when I hit about, let's see, 16 years old. I was on probation from the age of 12 all the way until I was 16. And the reason I'm telling you this is because I'm not ashamed of where God's brought me from. I'm not ashamed of any of that, you know? And I was suicidal. I was on drugs. And at about 19 years old, my, my dad, he passed away suddenly in a car accident. But before he passed away, when I was about 14 or 15, my dad got saved. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. My dad got saved, and we went to um, Faith Builders. And as you've heard before, <laughs> I was really rebellious. Okay, I was jumping out the windows. I was still in my dad's truck. Ram was always, you know, coming to talk to us. My dad was like, <laughs> but I love my dad because, you know, I realize now that hunger that was birthed inside of him. I realized why he would put on Creflo Dollar and play it loud. And I'm like, turn that off. Nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> but, you know, he had experienced Jesus. Jesus touched his life over the phone. He, and, and, you know, he said the power got in him over the phone. My Aunt, De my Aunt Deborah got saved first. And she called him, ow, you know, I, I, Jesus, he's real. And he said, Boom, the power of God hit him through the phone and he dropped. And if you, if you don't know an addict or, you know, you kind of maybe not understand where I'm coming from, but that's a big deal. Because you're in bondage, you know. You're a slave to sin. You're in bondage. And so I, um, we started going to Faith Builders and I met Pastor Sandy. She used to give the offering at that time. But, um, and then where's Georgie? Georgie was always baking. <laughs> Georgie was chubby. <laughs> he was so cute. They were both so cute. <laughs> they were young. But, you know, that was a setup from God. There's no accidents in the kingdom of God. Just like, it's no accident that you're here today. You know, God has a purpose for you and God has a plan for you. And you only find it by seeking him. Not, you know, and, and the thing is that what I learned, I said, okay, let me stay on track. Okay, so then my dad got saved, right? And we started coming to church. Well, then my dad, he passed away in, you know, in an accident. And it was suddenly, and um, it wrecked my world. I didn't know Jesus was real. I, I heard about him. You know, I went to church with them, but I never experienced Jesus for myself. I thought it was just like religion. Like, oh, yeah, I'm sick of hearing about Jesus. Like, he's not real. And I hadn't experienced that, that yet. And when my dad died, my whole world crumbled because I didn't have a relationship that I have today with my family. See, God has restored everything in my family as if it was never even broken. There's no even stench of the brokenness that we lived. It doesn't exist at all. Hallelujah. Growing up, I never got along with my mom. Never. Me and my mom actually you know, box growing up. We did not get along. And it was like, it was this broken, it was so broken. I seen such just craziness growing up. Crazy. The stuff that you would blow your mind. But, um, you know, when my dad died, I was like wrecked. I mean, death like was, it was, for me, that was the end. I, I didn't really believe in heaven and, and hell. I mean, like I knew, I actually thought there was like, you know, gangster's paradise and Tupac and all that stuff. <laughs> I thought we're gonna be celebrating and you know, like totally, I didn't know anything about the word of God. And so um, when my dad died, I really got on drugs really bad, like really bad. Heroin, meth, like I was out there. But then I also got pregnant. I got pregnant with Drew, and um, thank you, Father. When I had my son, 
I was terrified to be a mom. I'm going to be honest. I knew I was a mess, and I didn't want to put him through that same life. I didn't want that for him. And um, so, you know, I had I started coming to church. I would come, like, to church every now and then. My aunt got radically saved and set on fire for the Lord, and she would, like, you know, come, Gordy, 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 Jesus, Jesus. And I'm like, I would come in every now and then, you know. And um, once I had, I had, then I, um, I remember Pastor Sandy threw me a surprise uh, baby shower for Audrina. And I had Audrina. And um, when I, I had experienced at the first outreach here, I went just to please my aunt because she was like bugging about it. So I went and um, I remember Pastor Tony was standing up there. And I don't know what he said, but I remember he said, fire in the name of Jesus. And he pointed at me and I dropped on concrete. It didn't feel like concrete at all, but I don't know. The, I experienced the love of God. And I was like, it changed my life. It changed my life. Like, not in that moment, but the seed was planted that I knew God was real, you know? And I was just like, I was in awe because I just kept saying, like, you know, Jesus is alive. Like, I was in shock that he was real, that he wasn't just a religion. And um, I want to take you guys to Mark 10, chapter 10, verse 46. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. It says, Jesus heals blind Bartimaeus. Then they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus! Son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him. But he only shouted louder. Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, Jesus stopped. I want to tell you something that before I go on. Hallelujah. When I was, um, you know, I was in, growing up, I was in really abusive relationships, too. I'm just going to be real. I didn't love myself. I didn't like myself. Um, and it showed in the way that I lived my life. And, um, you know, whenever I, I got pregnant with Maddie, I was in a really hurt. I was really, really abusive. And um, when I left him, I had to, like, run away. When I left him, I found out I was pregnant. And um, this is my third child, you know, I was, it, was, it was a lot in the life that I was living. And I remember um, I was going to get an abortion, I'll be real, I was going to get an abortion, but I went to the abortion place and I couldn't do it. I could not do it. Like I said, I can't do this. And, um, but I knew I was like, I was, at that point, I was in bondage. I was addicted to drugs. I mean, I was living in the street, I was living a street life, you know, I was in the streets, like, you know, and but one thing about me is like I was I'm just going to I would I was like I was out there, 
You know what I mean? I was living my life. I wasn't afraid of nothing. And I didn't, I wasn't afraid of anything. And that's one thing that when I came into the kingdom of God, I realized, why am I going to be crazy and radical in the world? And then I'm going to get saved and I'm going to act all conservative and in it when I come to church. Come on, I heard uh, Brother Shambach say, there is no room for sissies in the kingdom of God. None. And I realized, like, you know, I was addicted and then I was pregnant. And this went on, you know, for, for a while. I didn't even go to the doctor. I'm going to be real. I didn't even go to the doctor. Actually, they didn't even want to see me when I did go because they said she was going to be born a stillborn and, you know, and all this stuff. But finally, I did find a doctor. And... um. The reason this verse, it, it, it's ministered to me, it reminds me of my life, it's because I was searching. I, was, I had put myself in rehabs, you know, whenever I got pregnant with Drew. Then I went to another rehab, you know, and I found out I was pregnant with Audrina. I was searching for something. But, you know, one thing rehab does is it makes you, you're once an addict, always an addict. That's a lie of the devil. That keeps you in bondage. That keeps you looking downward all the time, like, you know, and, and that's not what Jesus called us to be. And so I'm going to continue reading. He says, but he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus, Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat jumped up and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go for your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man could see and he followed Jesus down the road. Now, when I was pregnant with Maddie, I might not have been blind, but I was spiritually dead. I was spiritually blind. And that night, you know, I was like, it was, it was one night, some stuff had happened and I burned off and I was walking down the road and I was so sick of my life. I was so sick of everything going on. And, you know, I just remember, I just cried out. I just put one hand on my belly and I just said, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. And I even said, you know, like, I don't want to be a bad mom. I'm sorry I had my stomach. I said, you know, I don't want nothing to happen to my baby. And I'm telling you, the power of God hit me. And it was just loud. And I just remember crying and, and being overwhelmed. And I just said, I receive it in Jesus' name. I receive it in Jesus' name. And I just knew she was going to be okay. And I, I remember telling my mom and sister, and they're like, you're on drugs. <laughs> You need help. But you know one thing that it was real, and the proof is that I'm here today. Something happens when you genuinely cry out and with all your heart, Jesus can see faith. People will look on the outside, but God looks at the heart. And God seen my heart. I had nobody. I was homeless. I couldn't see my kids. I was broken. I was busted and disgusted. But I cried out with everything in me. And I said, Jesus, have mercy on me. Forgive me. I'm sorry. And after that, you know, I started um, coming to church. I called my Aunt Deborah because she's like the only person I knew to call. And she said, Goody, why are you calling me? 
And she's like, because you know Jesus is real, right? I'm like, yes, he's real. And I told her what happened, and I started coming to church. And um, I, I started coming, I started, because I mean, where do you go when you have an encounter with God? You come to church. And so I, I started coming to church, and um, my life didn't just magically get put together, guys, okay? You didn't just, like, come over here and pass the sandies, like, wave the wand, and yeah, you're just good to go, you know? But I kind of thought it was going to be like that. <laughs> I was hoping. <laughs> but I had a rude awakening coming soon. <laughs> but anyways, I came, and uh, I remember that song, Freedom by Jesus Culture playing in her truck when she picked me up and I I was like that song I could hear differently you know like I could hear like I could feel the song more than I could hear it if that makes sense and I wanted that I wanted that freedom I knew bondage all of my life I was born into that bondage that's all that I knew and, you know, I started coming to church, and and I was like, I remember when I came up here, and I literally had to get delivered. Let's just be real. And I'm not afraid to say it because people need to be delivered. People are oppressed by the devil. And we can't, like, oh, it's going to be okay. you got to deal with that spirit and help people get free. Hallelujah. And I'm glad. I'm so grateful. I love my pastors. I, it's like Pastor Sandy, that woman has been a blessing to my life. Hallelujah. She has spoken faith into me since I met her. And I'm so grateful for her. And um, I came and I got set free. And then I remember another service I came and... Um, Miss Martha just got up, like, real calm like she does, you know? And she came, and she just said, put one hand to the heaven and put one on your belly. And I'm like, you know, real, just, okay. (laughs) And then she said, now just begin to speak it out of your mouth. And I'm like, and just, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And I didn't know nothing about the Holy Spirit. I mean, I had seen people yelling up here and stuff, but I didn't, like, I didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. And so I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And then I got introduced to, um... Jonathan Shuttlesworth, <laughs> and that was probably the best thing that happened in my life, because <laughs> he was always yelling at me at home, you know, I would put him on, <laughs> and um, <laughs> that's like my style, like, okay, <laughs> and so um, <laughs> I realized, and then he told me about Lester Summerall, so I looked up Lester Summerall, and I started realizing, like, about the Holy, it would turn to the, about the Holy Spirit, and so I started practicing in my house, I still have the recording, I sent it to my Aunt Deborah, and I was like praying in the Holy Ghost in my house, right, and Juno's like, shut up, <laughs> and I have it on recording, and I sent it, and my Aunt Deborah was laughing so hard, but you know, um, when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, that, that changed everything for me, you know, but you, one thing that we got to realize and not, don't be ignorant about is the things of God are a process and they're continual. They're not going to stop. You know, it takes like 21 days to change a thought. So what make us think that we can just come up here, get a prayer, and then you're going to leave like on your way, like, let's do this. And, you know, it doesn't happen that way. And I had to learn that, like, but I'm grateful for the teachings here and for the, and for the pastors because they were, one thing Pastor Sandy was patient with me. 
you know, I um, I went to Bible college. I was like so excited. I um, Somebody sold $2,000 into me. They sold into me here. And I packed up my Impala and I took my three kids and I took off to Bible college. And, um, you know, but it was like a lot. It, it was a lot. And I got discouraged and I had I came back. And when I came back, you guys, I was like so discouraged. I was like discouraged. Like I thought I had missed like the whole thing. And um, but, you know, I came back anyway because God is so good. He's the realest thing I've ever encountered. And I just, I knew that that touch was more real to me than anything I encountered in my life. And so I came back and, you know, I just, I plugged in. And um, when my aunt passed away, you know, she had, before she passed away, she left a voicemail on my phone. And she told me, she said, you know, the devil wants you isolated. Because isolated, he can, you can, he can pour lies into you and you'll believe him and you'll live like that. He can defeat you. And um, she's like, you know, you got to get back into church. You got to plug in. And we do. And it's good to be here because childlike faith is encouraging you. And that's what happened. Like, I came back and um, I plugged in. And uh, I ended up meeting my husband um, in 2017. Woo. And, um, you know, one thing that I, that I uh, it's, it wasn't just like coming to church. You know what I mean? I started seeking after God at home. I might not have posted it everywhere, guys. But I remember when I first came, I didn't even know how to press in. Pastor Sandy kept saying press in, and I had to you know, ask her, like, how do you press in? <laughs> you know? And she's so awesome. She said, well. <laughs> she said, you, you know, you, you serve. Thanking the Lord, start praying in the Holy Ghost, and you keep thanking him for all that he's done in your life. She said, and you're going to feel dumb at first, you know. Your, your mind's going to be like, what are you doing? And, and, and she said, but you got to push through that flesh. And um, I started doing that. And that is what continued to change me. I realized, like, I could go to the Lord. And before, like, you can come boldly into the throne of grace. But you got to know that you can go. You got to, you have to start taking and praying about everything and not just going, you know, when you feel like it or just coming to church. That is not going to change your life. You're not going to live on fire for the Lord by just coming to church. It doesn't happen that way. And it, it wasn't that way for me either. You know, I realized when I was in the word, things, you know, I, but if you get out of the word and you're just in the word a little bit, then you're only going to see a little bit of victory in your life. And so um, I kept, I kept, you know, pressing and, and me and my husband got married and uh, maybe he'll share, you know, his part um, one day, but I'm not going to go into detail. But, you know, we, we got married and, and things were great. We, we went through some things in our marriage, but, you know. One thing the Lord does is he, he purges us. He has to, we got to go through things to get rid of things. And one thing that I know that the Lord has purged me of was pride. Not like pride, like, oh, like I'm too puffed up. But, you know, from the abuse, from things of that sort, I had pride against like men and authority and things that, that the Lord had to deal with me. 
But I opened my heart because I was crying out. I didn't want to be the same. I don't want to stay the same. I want to grow. I've seen in the word my portion. Victory is my portion in Christ Jesus. Being tossed to and fro is not my portion. You know, being defeated in my mind, caring what people think, that kind of thing, that is not our portion. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. And, you know, I realized one thing that the Lord has broken out of me is people's opinion of me. My life is no longer my own. I'm not here to please people. I said, Lord, you know what? You changed my life. It doesn't matter what people think of me. I care what God thinks of me. I'm not going to be worried about what people think, what people are doing. I want to know what God is doing on the earth. And I want you guys to know, I want to encourage you that don't be worried about what people are doing. Don't get caught up with what's going on in the world. Start pressing into God. When you seek God with all your heart, God is not hiding from you. God is not hiding from nobody. The same thing that is available to the pastors is available to us. It is a relationship with our Heavenly Father. And when you get so intoxicated with this word, God shows you who you are in him. God shows you that with me, all things are possible. God begins to purify you. God begins to change you and, and he, he purifies your heart. He wants your heart. He's not worried even about like, yes, we're supposed to be serving in the church, but he wants you first. That's one thing that the Lord has poured into me is like, I came, one thing I did is I came real to God. Like, I'm a mess. If you, you know, the Lord was like, I could just feel like him saying, I didn't want my life. You don't want you to give it to me. You know, give your life to me. And that's one thing I'm like, Lord, I don't know why I try to convince him, like, like, you don't know everything. But, like, there's some things you don't know about me. I'm kind of rough. You know, but God, said, God has given me a brand new life. I'm brand new. When people try to say, hey, you remember? No, I don't. I don't want to remember. I don't care to remember. That girl is dead. She no longer exists. And you got to get like that. I want to encourage you, even the young people, you don't got to wait. What are you waiting for? Don't wait. Seek now. Press in now. Run with the fire now. Don't wait until you get bigger. There's nothing to wait for. There's nothing in that world. No money, no nothing. Jesus is the answer. We've done all that. You don't even got to think about that. Hallelujah. You know, I was reading this book, and it says, um, David Youngie Cho said, We are to seek the Lord, for in him are hidden all things that are precious. Colossians 2.3 says, In him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Wisdom and knowledge of what? Of Jesus Christ of who we are in him, of what we are to do here on this earth. We are here for a plan and a purpose. And we got to know that because you can, anybody can see it in you. But if you don't go and search for yourself, if you don't let God speak to you yourself, you're never going to run with it because you got to, it has to impact you. 
And and so I just want to encourage you today with seek after God with all your heart. You know, be real with him. Don't go run to your friends. Don't go run to your family. Run to him. Because God hears us and he's an answering praying God. And so, you know, I want to read Philippians 3 and then I'm going to. Philippians 3, chapter 12. Somebody give me a tissue. Thank you, sister. Okay. Thank you, Father. Philippians 3, chapter 12 says, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past, hallelujah, and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Jesus Christ is calling us. Y'all, this earth is going to pass away. And all that matters is what you did for the kingdom of God when you go to heaven. I don't know about you, but I don't want to go up there. And I was too afraid or cared about what people thought of me and didn't run and do what God called me to do. I am no longer ashamed of anything. I said, God, I'm going to live for you. I'm going to be bold for you. I'm going to be unashamed for you. And I'm going to preach the gospel unapologetically, unashamed. I don't care what people think. I don't care what people say. But my lips are yours. Whatever you want to do through my life, I surrender. I don't, I, my life is yours. And, you know, I, I started praying that at the beginning of the year because things broke out of my life. God, my marriage went through a lot of stuff. But, you know, I said, I rose up. I said, I'm not going down like this. God, me messed up. I'm not going to go through all that stuff. And I'm going to go, this is going to be my story. I don't think so. I've lived in a broken home. I already raised my kids with that. I'm not, the devil is not going to have my marriage. But, Lord, I'm going to put my trust in you. I've seen what you can do. You brought me out of the worst of the worst. You restored my kids. My daughter was born whole. That is a miracle of God. She's a constant reminder. I said, I'm not going down. I'm going to serve you. I'm a plug in. I don't care what people think about me. People didn't change my life. You did. And I started, I, I, man, I, started, I didn't have a car, you know, because we wrecked the car. I had my kids. I was staying back at my mom's. But you know what? I didn't care. I don't care. I said, Lord, to where would I go? There's nothing back there. You're all I know. You taught me how to be a mom. You taught me how to be a wife. You taught me everything I know through your word. To where would I go? All I know is you. All I know is to serve you now, Father. And I started coming to church. You know, I plugged in. I had to go with my mom to a different church, but I didn't care. I was going to do what I had to do. Not just for me, but for my kids, too. And I started plugging in. I started going. I got a job. I saved up, and I got a car. And then I started, got to come back here because I know where the Lord has placed me. And, you know, 
then my husband was like, you know, I think I'm gonna, I want to go to the river. And I was like, okay. I was like, you know, he's like, would you go with me? I said, whatever you want to do, I'm down for it. As long as it's serving the Lord, you can count me in. And um, but I was like, Lord, speak to him. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like, H down. No, just kidding. <laughs> and so, you know, I was like, okay, whatever we got to do. And um, I said, but we're going we're, we're gonna to plug in here all the way in until whatever. And so he's like, yeah, we're going to do that. And so we plugged in. God will never put you to shame. One thing, like I said, that broke out of my life is people's opinion. I'm going to serve the Lord on his shame like I was in the world. And I'm sorry you don't know me in the world, but I gave you a little <laughs> background. I was fearless. I didn't care. I wanted to do what I had to do, and that was it. I wasn't scared of nobody. I wasn't scared of nothing. And I said, Lord, I'm going to be that way for you. Because you know what? God is for us. He is with us. He is in us. And I have seen him radically change my husband. I have seen, just it just broke. It just broke. He's a new man. Our marriage is like, <laughs> but you know, when we were going through things, I remember telling the Lord, like, <laughs> I didn't go tell people nothing. I was, I just, you know, I'm like, what is going on here? But God is my vindicator. He's a good God. And when you choose to serve him with all your heart, you can't fail. You can't fail. You realize that. I am who he says I am by the grace of God. I live and have my being in him. And that is the place to be. Not religion, not I'm coming to church, you know. No, seek him to have a relationship with him and watch your life change. It won't matter what people say about you, what people think, if you should be called, if you shouldn't be called, God says you are called. And that is the final. Thanks again for tuning in. Don't forget, you can always stay up to date with us and even message us on Instagram at YA underscore power of love. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next one.